Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Victory Green Hour as we had a one-week absence of joining you here for a Victory Green Hour after the first loss to Washington last Monday night as the Philadelphia Eagles were able to defeat the Indianapolis Colts in a game that was a much closer than it should have been, 17-16. to 16. I'm your host, LG Rowe, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, what's going on, my, my friend? Sorry for the uh, technical difficulties. My laptop is literally making me do everything twice. So when I load a screen, I have to reload it. When I click a link, I have to click it again. I don't know why what it's doing tonight, but hopefully we can go off without a hitch. But it's great to have you back in the uh, host chair, even though you won't be this Friday. But that's okay. It is it is Black Friday. I understand Americans take that far more seriously than Canadians. So yeah, you, we were talking about it on on Friday. I think you said you guys primarily do online shopping, and I think with the pen, I'm not. The pandemic over. Uh, I'm gonna put that in quotes because there's still people. I'm. I don't know. I might have had COVID last week. Who the hell knows? Um, but with the pandemic over, people want to get a sense of normalcy. So we'll probably see more people out than we have in the last year or two. Definitely two because in 2020 nobody was out. Um, but yes, it, it's it's good to to get my voice back and not be sick like I was last week. So thanks for holding down the fort. Uh, for those couple of shows last week, but let's get back to our normal routine. Before we get started, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10, that's T-E-N, and follow me on Twitter at LJHarrell54. You can follow The Painted Lines on Twitter and YouTube at The Painted Lines, and you can follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. And Connor, contrary to what you said last week, that is not written down. I remember all that. <laughs> hey, that that's that's probably the biggest thing I miss about you hosting because I nine times out of ten forget to even acknowledge them until the end of the episode when I remember, or I just mess it up royally. So thank it's you. It's all good. You, you did you did a good job. But um, <laughs> all right. So the Eagles won seventeen sixteen, um, and we were when we were messaging back and forth through the game. I went through a roller coaster of emotions because I at one point when it was thirteen three said the season was over. Because I thought, you know, teams have figured us out. Um, and defensively, or for the defensive side of the ball, and after that first drive, what did, what did we say last week the Colts were going to come out and do? They were going to hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. He was going to run it down their throats. First drive, seven carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. And he made it look real easy um, against the Eagles. And, and, a, and a lot of the big plays, I think, were when, um, and we're going to talk about these two, Linvel Joseph and Indomix, who were not on the field on that first drive. But when and, and look, we had to we had to expect it. Linval Joseph, Joseph started. He was where Jordan Davis usually is. He was in the zero technique, right on top of the center. And you know, the first play I think was a run by the Colts, and that it, it went right into Linval Joseph's arms. And then obviously, you haven't played a game all year. You're not in football shape. 
being in shape is totally different than being in football shape. I say it time and time again. It took them a little bit. So the the, the Colts went right down the Eagles' throats in that first uh, drive. For um, you know, again they had fifth of the seventy-five yards. Fifty were on the ground. Pittman had a big catch on that first drive, but the Eagles did settle down. Sue and Joseph got in to rhythm, got into the feel of playing football again for the first time in you know eight plus months, and got to give them all the credit in the world. They were able to to make a stand. The defense kept the Eagles in the game. Jalen Hurts won the game at the end, and the one thing we we talked about a couple weeks ago, Connor, was we wanted to see what Jalen Hurts can do when adversity strikes. And what do we mean by adversity? You're down, you need a drive, go score to win. They did it all on the ground, though. <laughs> That's the only thing is they didn't they didn't throw the ball, which I mean in theory they didn't have to obviously, um, but they ran the ball. What was it? Nine straight times, go down the field. Jalen Hurts with the touchdown run where the seas parted. It was ridiculous how wide open that lane. A Mack truck could have ran uh, could have ran through that lane or gone through that lane, and the Eagles were able to come away with a 17-16 victory. Your thoughts, Connor? How important was that missed field goal? When you oh, look back huge. now, that missed field goal gave and the Eagles the exact opening they needed. Without that missed field goal, they needed more than a touchdown. We're talking and, a two-score game. And – the Eagles going forward on fourth and 10 when they should not have, they could have kicked the field goal there. That's within Elliott's range. Like that also could, could have been a big difference in the game. There was a couple weird decisions made by Sirianni. It wasn't uh, his best game. It definitely wasn't his best call game. I wouldn't say it was Steichen's best. These last two games have really been a little rocky for Steichen and, and for Sirianni and Sirianni was decision-making Steichen. It's the game plan. The game plans that have been drawn up just have not been all that great. There was a couple times where I, we said it would happen. They, he, there was some forced throws to AJ Brown but Stefan Gilmore had AJ Brown locked down pretty good all game. And we kind of knew that, that we kind of had that sense. And I even said it. One of my guys to watch was Quez Watkins and that he needed to be fed the ball, football more. And of course he had one of the touchdowns in this game. And I think I posted it on, on our Twitter feed that in the last three games, he's eight for eight for 122 yards and a touchdown. Well, the first, seven games i think he was i can't even remember the exact step i think it was three i think it was uh, nine targets and he had four or five receptions for not less than 100 yards so he's doing so much better he's settling in and i said aside from that atrocious fumble he needs to be used more and he's probably the one of the biggest beneficiaries of dallas goddard being out for however long he's gonna be out because let's let's be real the tight ends are bad the amount of times they used two tight end sets was scary and how inefficient they were was very scary they were terrible Tyree Jackson is still really bad and still needs a ton of work Jack Stoll cannot be playing as much as he played I think it was like he played like what 50 some snaps like that's too much for Jack Stoll tight end two was a need and now it's showing it's a glaring hole that likely cannot be filled as simply as Linval Joseph and Domicon Sue yeah, being put in it was. Yeah, the Dallas Goddard injury really hurt the offense. Like they they had they couldn't they didn't use the middle of the field at all. And while Quez Watkins was sort of the touchdown was sort of over the middle of the field. He ran from one side over and caught that caught that pass. But it's a glaring knee and now that it's not gonna happen. It'll never happen. But if I'm Howie you know who I'm calling? Just to see, get interest. 
Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. I'm going to call him. Now, if he won't go to play with Tom Brady, he's probably not going to come play with the Eagles. Like, if he's not going to go to South or go to Florida and and play in Tampa, like, why would he come to the Eagles? But it doesn't hurt to pick up the phone call. Hey, hey, Gronk, we're nine and one. Dallas Goddard's going to be out until week 15, 16, 17. You know, we need a we need a presence. Come and help us win a Super Bowl. You can win your what would this be? His fifth, six, I don't know how many Super Bowls he has, but come help us. That's why Sue came here. That's why Joseph came here. They both wanted to win another Super Bowl. Come, they have seven million in, in cap space right now. And obviously we know the Eagles like to carry a bunch of it over. But if you have a chance, if you have a glaring need, just like they had at defensive tackle, and they have one right now at, at tight end, what better tight end is there available that, that the Eagles could get? Gronk, I, and I can't name any other tight ends that are on practice squads or anything that would be as good as Gronk. It doesn't hurt. Maybe he's maybe Howie has done it already, and he's been shot down. And okay, obviously we'll never know. But if I'm Howie, I'm calling Gronk and saying, "What do you want? What do you? How are you feeling? How's that body? Are you in, are you in shape? Do you, what do you think? We're nine and one. You, you want to come help us? Be that final piece to help us win a Super Bowl. Is him and imagine again hypotheticals. Imagine the offense." A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Gronkowski, Jalen Hurts, Jalen uh, Miles Sanders. Like, just imagine that offense. It would. Be, and it even would be even when Dallas Goddard came comes back, you would still have you could use them in two tight end yeah, sets, exactly. and we'd rarely ever have to see Jack Stahl, or we'd never have to see Tyree Jackson. Which for this season, I'm a hundred percent okay with that. And Grant Calcaterra probably, I mean, honestly, Calcaterra probably should have seen a bit more time because I think at this point, you really, I think Stahl is a good blocker, but outside of that, your best receiving tight end is likely Grant Calcaterra, and the fact that he didn't get as much time on the field is a little surprising because he might have been able to help open up the middle of the field a bit if even if just a little bit and you miss that yards after catchability massively from Dallas Goddard you can tell he, he's a by the time he comes back he's still probably going to be top five in the league in yards after the catch that's how purely amazing he has been after the catch this game and it shows how necessary it is to open the field up altogether to have a guy like Dallas Goddard out there who could be really physical in the middle of the field, or he can be very efficient in the screen game or in the flat when you want to get the ball out to him and create a bunch of yards after the catch. No matter how he was doing it, he was making it work a lot after the catch, but something we vitally miss. And you talked about Limbaugh Joseph and Damakonsu. Those were humongous. When you look at the breakdown of how they played, so they did not pass rush very often. They played, Limbaugh Joseph played 26 snaps, 18 of them were against the run. Damakonsu played 17 snaps, 10 of those were against the run. Whereas Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave played 30 snaps each in pass rush. So you can tell they came in and they were 100%, they knew where their weakness was. Was Hargrave a weakness against the run? Probably not as much as Cox, but you can tell that they were plugged and played essentially you know, as much as they could be in the run defense role. And it also helps that as a defensive tackle, like they, let's be real, Joseph showed up Thursday afternoon, uh, Sue showed up Thursday night, probably zero practice, and you got to give the defensive line coach Tracy Rocker for the Eagles a lot of credit just to get them guys ready to be to be able to go on the field at all. So they were given probably, look, this is what we want you to do. Knowing that it's going to be the Colts and they're going to primarily run more than pass, we'll get you out there to go out and stop the run. So it was a lot easier. Imagine what these two guys are going to be able to do back in the football weight room, in the in the playbook. You know, it might not be as much against Green Bay, but against Tennessee, like, and then against the Giants, 
they're going to see they're going to be so much more productive. And then the question becomes, like, we obviously don't want Fletcher Cox on the field as much. Hargrave, probably not as much, but he's been he's been you know better than Cox. And then when Jordan Davis comes back, you have that five guy and this doesn't even include Milton Williams. So like that's a six guy rotation you're going to have at defensive tackle. I don't know if they're going to keep all six, but Sue can play on the outside. Milton Williams can play on the outside. That gives them a lot of flexibility with that defensive line rotation. And you keep guys fresh. Like like we mentioned last week, you won't have Fletcher Cox playing 70 plays like he did against Washington. He'll play 30. He'll play 40. And that, and hopefully we get a more fresh and a better Fletcher Cox, which we haven't seen lately. But you're going to have a better Sue. You're going to have a better Joseph, a better Hargrave, a better Davis. Like You're going to see these guys that know, look, we only get a limited opportunity on the field. We have to give it our all when we are on the field. And that rotation is going to be key going forward, especially against Aaron Jones and and um, and A.J. Dillon this week. Uh, Derrick Henry and Hillard the next week. Saquon Barkley, um, the, the Chicago Bears running, rushing attack. Uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard coming up. Like, and then Saquon again. Um, and then Alvin Kamara as well. Like, You have this real gauntlet of running backs you're going to be going up against. It's a great, it's a good thing, and it's also thing to see how we'd be able to to uh, shore up that need that he had on the defensive line. Definitely, and and like you said, like while they are defensive tackles, Milton Williams is definitely someone you can probably kick out to the edge from time to time. He's very athletic; he can definitely do that. Um, and we did see Fletcher Cox play 48 snaps um, and Javon Hargrave 47. I suspect Hargrave can stay around this level of play, but I Fletcher Cox definitely, this is the last week we probably see him eclipse like 40 snaps. I really okay. think at this point that the, you can probably push him to the 20 to 30 range, keep him there. Hopefully he can be effective and stay fresh that way. But this is going to become really important, especially down the stretch and in the playoffs. It's looking more and more likely we're in the playoffs especially with the fact that i think a nine win team is going to make it as the last team in in the it nfc would be a anyways historic collapse if the eagles do not make the playoffs I, it would be historic to see them not beat our projection of 10 and 7 they're they literally are at a point now where they'd have to go one and six over their last seven games in order say to that. just meet our projection but yeah we won't we won't try and jinx that um Josiah Scott was definitely a weak point. It, it definitely shows really like a missing miss Avante Maddox. It's definitely going to be a thing. Um, he was targeted six times, allowed four receptions for 82 yards. He did have two pass breakups, but of course, when you're targeted, surprisingly, he wasn't targeted the most. Yet again, James Bradbury was targeted the most extremely effective. James Bradbury targeted nine times, allowed five receptions, but only 25 yards. Um, I mean, Josiah Scott could be a problem if Avante Maddox's injury ten lingers any longer or lingers towards the playoffs. And we kind of knew that. Josiah Scott, I didn't like the matchup. We talked about it on Friday. I didn't like the matchup against Paris Campbell. It took Campbell a while to get going, and some of it happened in the garbage time, of course, when they were trying to make work their way down the field. But at the end of the day, he did still give up 82 total yards. Um and was easy can could easily have been targeted more and likely taken advantage of more. And we were like lucky that he wasn't. Otherwise, everybody else was rock solid in coverage. But minus that big Darius Michael Slay Pittman and that down. big I Campbell. Think, I think Darius Slay had a down game for his expectations. 
Yeah, it was four targets, three receptions, 36 yards. It wasn't exceptionally well, but he's been having a bit of struggles when running the gauntlet. And we kind of saw it last year when he started running that gauntlet with wide receivers. You You can only do so much for so long against some of these guys before the floodgates periodically open. We kind of saw it against McLaurin this week. We saw it a bit, but definitely not as much. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at cornerback. I don't think, I mean, that's probably one of the deeper wide receiving groups we play for the rest of the season. If I remember correctly, beyond maybe Dallas, especially if they get OBJ. Um, The yeah, the Saints. Yeah, well, I mean, it's what Chris Olave and, and Jarvis yeah, Landry, Landry, Michael Landry. Thomas isn't going to be back. Sure. So it's not that deep. Like, it's probably the deepest one we were going to face. So maybe things will get a little bit easier for Darius Slay going forward. But no matter what, there are going to be some games where it's going to be tough. He's going to really have to step up. Um, and we'll see how that goes and if he and if he's able to support. But giving up 36 yards is not a bad thing. Giving up 80 to 100 felt, yards is like not so great. Worse, it felt like it was a lot worse than that, I guess. But he, he was he, probably he's... in the area of the ball yeah. a lot, kind of like what happened with Terry McLaurin when you're playing off coverage in circumstances. Maybe it kind of looked like he was in the area more often than not, but wasn't attributed with the actual catch. But uh, overall, I was pretty impressed with them. But, I mean, you were playing a pretty washed Matt Ryan who really hasn't been able to – he's done a good job of unlocking Paris Campbell. He's done really good with Michael Pittman. But I don't think they've really truly unlocked the potential of this offense because this offense is really good on paper. I think it's really good on paper, but they just haven't been able to get there. Like Matt Pryor was supposed to start, I think, at right at, at guard, and guard, yeah, he ended and up then they were missing the right so, tackle as well. So, so, but you know, talking about the Eagles' defense, while they they were good after that first drive, we have to remember something. Do you know how many points the Indianapolis Colts averaged on the season? Fifteen point eight, I think I remember how much saying did they score last on week. Sunday? Sixteen. The Eagles' defense was pretty average, like against a bad defense, or excuse me, against a bad offense. So. If we would have faced a better quarterback, if 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 the Colts had a better quarterback than Matt Ryan with that offense, they might put up more points. So we got and, and we, while while the Eagles defense was good, we have to slow down with they were awesome. Like we gotta keep it real. Look at the opponent. You kept them to their average. So you were an average defense. Uh, we need to see better. We we still have to see better. We it took it took a while for adjustments to come. From, from Gannon, but also I think Gannon was better than Sirianni and Steichen, and that says a lot. Far, far better. I think he was far better this game. <clears throat> right from the get-go, I know that they gave up that touchdown, but things got a lot better for them, and they looked a lot more comfortable. While obviously Indy was still willing to run and still willing to try and get Jonathan Taylor the ball, this is a circumstance where you can sit there. The yards per carry was 3.8. So we averaged a little bit more than the last game, but I would argue that Jonathan Taylor and this Russian attack was much worse than what Washington did to us. So while they did try and push it and Jonathan Taylor did run the ball 22 times and they as a team ran the ball 26 times, it didn't affect us as much as what we saw against Washington. So the fact that we were able to force them to go to the air and turn to the air a little more was definitely a lot, uh, was a lot better. And the fact that you can keep Jonathan Taylor to 22 and 84, which I think it was what you said, 49 yards on the first river or something, and then 40 for the next 10 drives. 
like the fact that you can do that that is really impressive and it i remember sending you the text saying oh no here we go they the blueprint's there and then right after that they shut it down and a lot of that i think has to be attributed to Linval joseph and Damakon sue and like when jonathan davis comes back that'll be huge like you said that's going to be a three-man rotation that is extremely effective against a run and then you got javon hargrave who would be out there in the majority of pass Russian situations because that's what he's good at and then you can mix it up with whoever you want beside him in those circumstances but Fletcher Cox will definitely not have to see the field as much but it was okay like you said it was okay there's still definitely some concerns um and I would be a little bit nervous going forward because when push comes to shove if the defense can't hold up the offense can't put up 17 points the offense has to be able to put up a lot more so while while it feels like we always make up an excuse saying well this or well that it's true though at the end of the day if you're backed up against a wall and all you can put up is 17 to beat a team who got 16 that should have been 19 but they missed a field goal it's not that it's 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 worrisome, but I'm not going to say the season's over or anything like that. Nine and one is still nine and one and squeezing out the ugly wins is something the Eagles haven't been able to do in past seasons. Well, so this was the first game that the Eagles did score less than 20. So but but the last two games, the first eight games of the year, the Eagles had three turnovers. The last two, they've had six. That has to change. Like they have to become better with the football. And I know one was the Devontae Smith, you know, in that last play of the game against Washington, just trying to play backyard football, but um, the having Miles Sanders try to block Yannick Ngakwe, who was my guy to watch for Indianapolis, um, that you cannot have that happen. And, and fortunately, they, they didn't have that happen again. You think about it, the Eagles gave up three sacks. Two were because of running backs, and one was because Jalen kind of ran into it. The offensive line was all right. Like, Dickerson hasn't played as well as I had hoped he would play this year, but, like, Jason Kelsey was was really good again. Lane Johnson, really good again. When you have your offensive line blocking defensive line, then it works. When you have your running backs trying to block Yannick Ngakwe, it doesn't work. And then AJ Brown, man, like he, he made a great cat. It made a great, it was a great play, but then you cannot cannot have the ball um be punched away. That, that Peanut Tillman's punch cannot happen any uh, again. So the Eagles, I don't know what what has happened in these last two games, but they have to become smarter with the football. I mean, you're going to be going up against teams that, that don't mind running the football and keeping the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. But also you're going to start going up against teams. And, and Indianapolis is pretty good defensively. But, I mean, you're going to go up against teams that are going to be able to get after the quarterback. Um, you know, this week with uh, Preston Smith and and those, the Green Bay Packers, the next week with Jeffrey Simmons and the Tennessee Titans. Like, you're going to start going up against defenses that are going to be able to contain Jalen Hurts. You're going to have to start throwing the football. You're going to have to start protecting the football. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get to some of these comments here. This person is not a Cowboys fans fan, but a Jets fan. Sorry I don't think the Giants, fan. Vikings, or Eagles are for real. Um, that Giants loss was huge. That was. starts to kind and of Vikings, and the Vikings. Let's be real. And the Vikings lost because it didn't matter the outcome of the of the the the, the, the Dallas Vikings game because either the Vikings lose and the Eagles have the number one overall record again, or Dallas loses. And that puts them well, another game back. They're already two games behind the Eagles, and the Eagles have the 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 head to head right now. So that game didn't matter. Uh, but yeah, the Giants losing now. This this Giants Cowboys game on Thanksgiving night kind of becomes a de facto losers probably done with the division. So that's a big there's, game there's for both true, teams. 
Yeah, there's that. De- it's definitely true. And yeah, the Vikings thing, like everybody said, everyone was ready to say, oh man, this team is for real. And then they got literally torn to shreds. That 40 to three is not, that is something that is severely concerning, even if you're an eight and two team. That is something, because this is a team, the Cowboys, who you will likely have to go through at some point in the playoffs if they get there. That's the type of offense you're going to have to face. And it, will be, and it will be in Minnesota, and Dallas knows they can go to Minnesota to win. They just did it, 40 to three. And, and maybe, maybe Minnesota was high on their britches because they beat B- a, a Buffalo in Buffalo in one of the in the game of the year, so they came into this game not prepared, which is no excuse. But that's kind of as a as a Vikings fan, that's kind of where they have to be thinking. But yeah, that was not not a good showing by the Vikings. But if I'm sorry I, that you're a Jets fan, <laughs> Zach, I've, and I've always said it, I'm not a Zach Wilson fan. They need a new quarterback. If they had a better that quarterback, is, that, they would have won that game. And you have to accept some accountability on that part. You mm-hmm. can't sit there and be okay with the offense putting up three points and say it's not mm-hmm. our fault. That, that that was ugly. But to be honest, Sirdar, we uh, we said the Giants were fraudulent from the beginning of the season. They've been winning a lot of games that were super tight. They're winning the ugly games, kind of just like the Eagles. Winning ugly games. Vikings, we were calling fraudulent, but that, that Bills game was impressive. Now it's been leveled out because that Cowboys game was the ugly one of the ugliest games of football by any team this entire season to be just ransacked like that. And then they went on to say the Cowboys almost beat the Eagles with a backup and said, if the Eagles beat Dallas with Dak, I will believe. This is something you've kind of said, LJ. You were kind of in the same boat as, yeah, we finally beat Dallas, but we beat him with a backup quarterback. What happens when we got to play Dak and an offense? I still think Dallas is frauds too, but that's that could they put up 40 points. They can do that. What happens to our offense if we're putting up 17? We could look like the Vikings. Also, we have a better offensive line than Minnesota, and we saw what Micah Parsons did before. What did Micah Parsons do against um Lane Johnson before? He got, or he had to come out of the game. He didn't. Michael Parsons didn't do anything until Lane Johnson was out the game. Like we, we, our, our offense, our offensive line has a way of, and I'm not saying stopping them, but of neutralizing and neutralizing that Dallas pass rush. So I do think that game on Christmas Eve is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, and, and and I'm hoping by that time that the, you know the Eagles still only have one loss, and the game really, while it will matter in some respects. It won't really matter because the, the division will pretty much be wrapped up by then. But, we'll, yeah, but we still have plenty I, of games in between now and then. We have so many games in between, but this this is a really good opportunity where the Eagles sit that, like, if we – because it's Dallas and New York playing on, on Thursday, right? So that 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 kind of sucks. But if I were to pick, if I'm cheering for someone, it's going to be New York because I think New York can lose more than Dallas down the stretch. So my idea is I want New York to win and Dallas to lose because that gives us a three-game lead on Dallas, which is far more important to have down the stretch. Mr. Williamson, fire away with your question while while we continue to talk. Putting the question up. Um, We also haven't faced the Giants yet. We've faced Dallas once. So, like, we also have those two games with the Giants. Like, even if we split with with the Giants, like, that'll also be another loss for the Giants while while it would be another loss for us. So, like, I I think I would rather – I guess I, I, it doesn't really matter. I, I still think the Eagles are the are the, the better team in the division right now. I think I think this is like supposed to be like a tongue twister. For the football, if for the football team to be able to play in the playoffs, 
They need to be able to play the playoffs with their players on their own team so that the teams are not playing at home. I'm confused by that. I am definitely confused by that too. I think he's, I think he's trying to get catch us off guard with something that just <laughs> maybe he'll maybe he'll elaborate or maybe he just wants us to wanted us to read that out and see that uh, live. But I only like mum- murmured it because I, I didn't want there to be a bunch of dead air. Not some twister, just English. Oh, okay. English isn't his best. Okay, if just, okay. I'm- well, we're a little confused. If you can further elaborate, maybe with less words, we will definitely take it. Um, but while we wait on that, let's flip to the offensive side of the football um, and hit on my. The run game was not that great. And, yeah, it was Jalen Hurts. <laughs> it was Jalen Hurts again. It was like back to that days because then we had 13 carries for 47 yards from Miles Sanders, three carries for eight yards from Boston Scott, and uh, Kenneth Gainwell, one carry for zero yards. Why Boston Scott was out there for three straight runs at one point was beyond me, and just another reason to question Shane Steichen's game plan really made zero sense to me to have him out there at all. And what I get it, Kenneth Gainwell is inconsistent but what is so wrong with kenneth gainwell that he can't get more touches or he can't see more looks even in the past game how can you not especially without dallas goddard around how can you not get kenneth gainwell more involved you cannot tell me he is that bad to the point that he has been relegated to a singular touch in an entire game i don't know and and you know speaking of the running back position daryl henderson and um Melvin uh, Gordon were released over the last 24 hours. If I'm the Eagles, I'm I'm putting in a, a claim or a call to Daryl Henderson because I think Daryl Henderson can catch the ball at the backfield as a better is a, is a good blocker. And for when Miles Sanders inevitably gets injured, I think I would much rather have Daryl Henderson carry the load than have Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. So I think a backfield of Sanders and Henderson would be a lot better. So if I'm the Eagles, obviously he has to get through through waivers. Melvin Melvin Gordon did get through through waivers, so he's also available to call. But I would definitely put a call into to Daryl Henderson with that surprising release from the, the Rams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Dar- for me, though, it would be more Daryl Henderson. We already talked about the situation um, with ball security, and I think the biggest reason Melvin Gordon was released is the guy has literally fumbled his way out of a job and fumbled his way not just to a backup role he's completely fumbled his way out of an nfl job right now Mm -hmm. and sure some team will probably take a chance who has a lot better offense who can put him in as their second or their third running back but i agree with you i like daryl henderson i liked him coming in he's a really good pass catcher he's a fairly effective pass catcher um i'd have to look more into the run block his pass block and i'm not 100 percent certain in that regard of how good he is as a pass blocker um but i know he is he'd be an upgrade over Kenneth Gainwell but at that point then you'd have to they're obviously not going to keep uh three running backs on Ross or four running backs on Ross or they'd have to cut somebody and I don't think I you're fully prepared to I don't I don't think so I don't personally think so but also like we could keep four get rid of Covey and just let Boston Scott return kicks like Covey is pointless he's he's never on the field as an offense 
for offense. So yeah, if you could, you could find like even Kenneth Gainwell. If you bring in like Daryl Henderson, like Kenneth Gainwell's had opportunities to Henderson return. Henderson like, Gainwell were teammates in college at Memphis, by the way. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And otherwise, a lot offensively, I mean. There wasn't anything really special. Like we said, this we there was 17 total points scored. It, it was not that impressive of a game offensively. Jalen Hurts, he, he was sacked three times. You know, he was 18 for 25 for 190 yards, no interceptions, which was great, but he fumbled the ball twice, including one that was lost. There are definitely some, some, some concerns um, offensively because when push comes to shove if we actually have to start scoring points we really have to score some points and the the defense has proven get back to the first half of the offense the way we were and be able to put points on the board obviously defenses have more tape now so they're able to to scheme game plans to to stop the eagles offense but they're gonna have to figure it out now they have to adjust to what defenses are doing to them and I think I, under, I think I understand the question that Mr. Williamson is saying. He's okay. curious to know about playoff teams and if they're still in the playoffs this season. Or I think our players – so like in the Kobe Dean, he really hasn't played that much. If you're on the roster, you're able to play. So well, I'll use the Kobe Dean as, as an example. The Kobe Dean hasn't really played much defense this year, if at all. Um, but if we come to playoff time and the Eagles need him to go out on the field, he can play. My uh, who's Mike? Who's cheese hair? Who's that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> did, 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 did it quit? Did LJ address the question though in regards to are you asking about the players who haven't been playing or the injured IR players? I do believe you have to come off the IR before the end of the regular season to come to play in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that definitely has to happen. If you're talking about some of those injured players, I do think some of them will. And N'Kobe Dean, definitely. N'Kobe Dean, I mean, he's active week in and week out. Yeah. He's just not going on the football field, which we've talked about. And I don't, I still don't understand. I think he should have been mixed in this week. I don't, I still don't think he played a single snap. Like, yeah, but I don't understand like why, why, why not have him out there? at all to try yeah he didn't play a snap at all like why not have him out there at all and give it a shot especially with seeing Linval joseph and the damakon do so well against the the run why not bring in a linebacker who hasn't had much of an opportunity to play behind guys that you can trust against the run like I, I still don't understand what's going on there, and I would love. I don't know if a reporter has ever asked a question, but I would love to have them press more on like, that so question. TJ, T, and TJ Edwards was better this week, and again, Kaiser White. Much better this week. Kaiser yeah. White was, and again, Kaiser White started the season great. And remember, I was talking about they need to find a way to resign this guy now. And I, and while his play hasn't been really bad. It hasn't been as consistent as I would like it to be. So I mentioned it last week, and I'm going to keep mentioning it. It's time to unleash the Kobe Dean. Let him get out. Let him get out on the field. Um, let's see what he can do. Again, if is he not practicing well? Well, game instincts are a lot different than than practice instincts. Some guys just have it when it, when, when the, the bright lights turn on and you're in between the lines. Let's 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 go. Um, but. Uh, hopefully like it would be nice if, if somebody just asked about Nakobe um and and let us or have the the coaches give us a reason why he's not out on the field it would be nice to have him but yeah you know going back to to the Eagles offense though 
That last drive, again, I mentioned it earlier. I think it was nine straight runs. All It was Jalen Hurt. It was Steichen and Sirianni saying, Jalen, go win this for us. And that's what he did. He went out there and won it. Like, some of the play calling, I was not happy with. Again, we talked about it before. I was not happy with the play calling this week. But um, they were able to get the win. They have to play a lot better to beat Aaron Rodgers this weekend. This week, yeah, I know that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the same weapons as he had, but he still has Aaron Jones, still has AJ Dillon, Robert Tunyon's a good tight end. Um, you know, Christian Watson is starting to to turn into to a nice receiver. Um, they have Alan Lazard, um, and then that defensively, they still your boy Rasul Douglas is coming back. It'll be interesting to see what he does this week. Um, so it's going to be a big matchup for the Eagles. Yeah, I definitely, TJ Edwards definitely also had a good game against the run. He had five stops, which is pretty impressive. Um, those aren't always against the run. Obviously, they're just plays that are, are negative plays or don't go for any gain. But it's still a positive to see TJ Edwards contributing in that way. And it, it's time somebody has to stand out against the against in this pack of linebackers because there's no way that Kaiser White, TJ Edwards are coming back. And then you have N'Kobe Dean still waiting there. Could N'Kobe Dean, if he's not unleashed his year, is being unleashed next year and has to be unleashed to his fullest next year. There's a part of me that is really concerned that the team is not saying as much about potentially the injury or the impact of the injury on his ability to play this year. Um, and that's why I would like somebody in the media to come out and ask a question and be more pushy about the question to get some of these My answers. Going I, <laughs> I know I buy a hundred percent would too, because just to me, it makes no sense. These linebackers aren't playing. They're playing well enough, but I don't think they're playing to the point that Nicobe Dean sees zero snaps, zero. He's seeing yeah. nothing. Even, like you look at Reed Blankenship played two snaps. Patrick Johnson played five snaps. How do these guys get those snaps? Did, did and Kobe Dean is incapable of getting any. Did Kevon uh, Wallace play any snaps? Wallace did not, which is good. It's about time Wallace not see any more. Ta- Blankenship has taken, and this is Chris's boy. Blankenship has taken the uh, backup state. What? The third Whatever snaps there are. <laughs> the third string, almost nothing job for safety. Which, which is a concern if something happened to Epps or, or CJGJ. If something happens to Gardner Johnson and something happens to Epps, that's a big concern. Definitely. No, I agree. And we talked about that, though. The fact that he went out there and he made the moves that he did and Robert Quinn is on the team and still, like, he played 10 snaps. That's you it. gave up fourth-round draft capital and you don't know how to use him or you just don't want it or he's just there as a insurance policy in case somebody gets hurt. It just, to me, it makes zero sense. I mean, I guess the good things, the good thing about it all is that the Bears pretty much ate the entire contract that was guaranteed for the rest of this year. So I guess at this point it's a wash. But Maybe they're waiting to unleash them against Chicago. I don't know. It makes no sense, though. But, yeah, I agree with you. At the end of the day, a win's a win. We're not going to keep bashing it. There are a lot of positives to take out of it. Limbaugh, Joseph, and Damakonsu are going to be huge to this. Um, I think TJ Edwards, I think, could have a really good back half of the season that right and run away with this job, uh, forcing Kaiser White out of town, which is fine with me. I like Kaiser White, but neither of them have done a ton to stand out. I find TJ Edwards has done more to stand out. Um, and then, of course, offensively, we I was happy with the output from Quez Watkins. I think he definitely needs some more usage. Um, 
But yeah, ball security, there are definitely some concerns coming out of this game and the ability to put up more points. Sure, you didn't need to, but you can't sit there and tell me. We've seen them play before better than this. Like, don't play down to the level of the team. Like, if you have an opportunity to score more points, if you can score more points, you go out there and you put up more points and you do more. And it just feels like they're starting to play down to the level of some of these teams and down to the level of let's just get the points to get the W and move on. And of course, shout out to Nick Sirianni, who I know there's a lot of tweets going around that that like I saw a tweet that, oh, this is why this is a coach that's real. This is why he's so easy to hate or something. And then all the video comes out that all he said to that Colts fan was definitely a rightful comment to make that he did. That this was for Frank Reich because he was really looking forward to playing Frank Reich. And he thinks the Colts did Frank Reich dirty especially hopefully they take their head coach in search seriously. But if Jeff Saturday becomes a permanent head coach in Indy, I definitely have some really big questions about well, that have, they organization. Have go, they have to go through the correct procedures in terms of the Rooney rule and all that. But but we've seen that completely botched and made a mockery of by teams. They have, they, have Houston Texans. they have played better under Jeff Saturday though. And Again, I'm, that's not saying – it wouldn't shock me, though. Like, say uh, Steichen gets a job next year, and we all think Brian Johnson's going to be the offensive coordinator. Frank Wright becomes the Eagles' offensive coordinator. It would not shock me if that happened next year. Um, but some yeah, some like, coaches are just better as coordinators. Like, we've seen – like, Josh McDaniels, McDaniels definitely is starting to look that way again. Um, we've seen it with some of these guys before. Like, maybe Frank Reich's just well, meant to Patriots be a coordinator or whatever. Yeah, pretty much all the Patriots coordinators. coordinators. Well, it doesn't help, though, that, like, Andrew Luck retired in in preseason of his first year, and he never really had a stable quarterback. But that's a Colts – that's a Colts podcast that needs to discuss that, not not us. But, yeah, so, look, they got the win. We have to see improvement this week, obviously. Um, It doesn't get any – it doesn't get any easier. While Green Bay is not playing well, they still have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. They were down 28-14 to Dallas two weeks ago, and they won in overtime. So the Eagles were down 10 points to Indianapolis. And, um, yes, they came back and got a couple of lucky bounces uh, with the missed, you know, the missed uh, field goal, but they were able to get the win. They're 9-1, and one, and you can't can't take that away from them. Like, they're, they're in first place in the NFC, and while they're, they're – obviously, Kansas City's playing out of their mind. Probably – I would – the Eagles in Kansas City were to play right now, I would take Kansas City in that game. Um, but the Eagles are still, I think, the top team. They beat they beat Minnesota. They beat Dallas, even if Dak wasn't playing. Um, so you got to give them credit where credit's due. Absolutely. And if you remember think- last week, Minnesota was the flavor of the week in the NFL. This week, Dallas is the flavor of the week. It's going to change this week. If Dallas loses to, to the Giants, it'll change this week too. So. Absolutely. I mean, it's this NFC is absolutely crazy mm-hmm. to follow week in and week out. I mean, me and you both had the Green Bay Packers going to the Super Bowl. And at this point, it's an uphill battle. They're, they're, the the best they can finish is 10 and 7. So it, it's the it's an uphill battle for them to even make the playoffs. And obviously, we want to make it so that they, they can only get a best record of 9 and 8 because we want to push them to, uh, was it 3 and 8, 4 and 8? I think it's 4 and 8 this week. 
Yeah, four and eight. So we want to be the guys who push them to four and eight. And if you get to nine and eight, while I said that's likely the last team to get in, I think there's going to be a fair amount of teams sitting at nine and eight that you would have to duke it out and own the tiebreaker over to actually get into the playoffs. This NFC is wild and not not really wild for a good reason. It's actually a lot of really bad. Like the L.A. Rams are at the point now where they're not rushing cut back unless they turn the season around without their best offensive weapon. That's I wild. picked him in the sec- with the second overall pick in my one fantasy draft, so I'm not happy right now. It's it's definitely heartbreaking, and that loss to the Saints. First of all, we want the Saints pick to get worse, and it actually got better. In yeah, the they're ninth ninth overall pick right now. Tenth, isn't it? Tenth. Is it tenth? Tenth. Whatever it was, yeah, it was so fourth. They went from it four was fourth to ten fourth. in one week. That's how bad things are in the NFC and the AFC at the bottom. They're just jockeying for position, and every week could make such a dramatic change. So hopefully well, the, the Saints the start Saints, losing the Saints again. Have but the Niners this week, so I think the Niners. The Niners scare me a lot. That team is good. They're going to win the division, but that an Eagles Niners NFC Championship game in Philly would be crazy. But the, I won't lie, like. I don't know if the number one seed will will make it out of the NFC this year. That's how crazy it is. Anybody can beat anybody on any given Sunday. And I know, and I know we say that a lot, but this year especially is going to be crazy come uh, January. I love the parody of the NFL. Like some people may not love it, and I there's a reason that the NBA is trying to get a their a salary cap like a locked in salary cap because it just makes the game better. I mean, I know you're not a big hockey fan, but the NHL there's so much parody. The NFL there's so much parody. What are the two sports that has no parody where you can buy championships? The MLB and the NBA. And the, it's no shock that the NBA is looking that direction. And I wouldn't be surprised if the MLB looks that direction. But now that players get paid so much damn money, it's so hard to sit there and say, guess what? We're locking teams at X amount of money. It makes it incredibly difficult for like an, the NBA to, to do that. But that's what you love about the NFL, the parody. And you never know what will happen on any given Sunday. Yep. So this week we have the Eagles have the Packers. So it should be, it should be a good game. And I know you and, uh, I'm not here. I'm not going to be around. Whoever I can lock in, I'm good. we're going to have a good in, preview we'll, show. We'll have a good preview show for the Eagles, Packers, and then I'll be back with you next Tuesday, Tuesday, to pre or to review to react to the Eagles and the Packers. All right, before we get going, let's give our unheralded players of the week for week. What are we in week eleven in the National Football League? And again, Connor, you know what we mean by unheralded. We don't want any superstar. We don't want Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. We don't want those guys who you got for your unheralded player of the week this week in the National Football League. Would be super easy to take Mahomes or Kelsey this week, but <laughs> I'm going with um oh I just Demarcus Robinson, Baltimore Ravens. It was the ugliest game ever. And for a moment there, I actually thought the Panthers were gonna get that upset. You want to talk about another team that should be better that is getting Baltimore. a lot of ugly wins? It is Baltimore. And that is another team that while they may not scare you right now, they could scare you if they end up making it to the playoffs and really start putting it together. But I know they're another team that's been bad banged up and walloped by injuries and and inconsistent play by some players. So you never know if that's actually going to turn around. But don't look now. They actually lead that division. They're even ahead of the Bengals right now. So they there's a the AFC is shaping up to be very interesting as well um, for their but The team that's in race. first place is the team that got rid of Tyreek Hill and people were saying they're not going to be able to do anything offensively. <laughs> eight and Andy, two. Eight, eight and two. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes laugh in your face. I'm going Corderell, Cordero Patterson, who set the NFL mark with his ninth kickoff return for a touchdown and a 
win this this week. Patterson, Arthur Smith found a way to use him, and he is getting everything he can out of him. He's a running back. Obviously, return kicks. It would be nice to have a guy like that that can return kicks here. Uh, but <laughs> Patterson is. I would love the. I would have loved the for the Eagles to find a way to get Patterson. He is really good. I um, mean, it's a shame that his talents are going to be wasted in Atlanta over the next couple of years. Uh, so you go Demarcus Robinson, and I go Cordarrelle Patterson. Final thoughts before we finish up here, Connor. This is shaping up to be a fun season. I'll tell you that right now. I, if you asked me, well, you you know we did it. We did our show where we said who was going to win, who, who were going to be the seven teams on each side in the playoffs. And right now, it is looking very like like you know the desert with the ball bouncing through it. The the, the, the dust, all the tumbleweeds. Yeah, like that. That's starting to look like what our final playoff rankings are looking like because we did not do a very good job. Yeah, so we will that de- we'll definitely see how uh, the remain re- the rest of the season goes. I'm I'm very much looking forward to this game against Green Bay this week. Aaron Rodgers is going to provide a tough test, even if Green Bay is having a down year. All right, thank you guys for tuning into the stream, and if you are listening on on the podcast version, thank you for listening as always. Follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Ten. Follow me on Twitter at LJ Harrell Fifty Four. Follow the Painted Lines on Twitter and YouTube at the Painted Lines, and follow the Edge of Philly Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. And if you are listening to us on the the podcast version, please rate and review the show on um, wherever you are listening to us. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been another Victory Green Hour. The Eagles are nine and one heading towards the game against Green Bay. Have a good night. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently running. Sanders could cut. And another block. Sanders still going inside the 40.